Hey, hi, hello, how are you? And welcome back to Watch It Again, the podcast where we go through 101 movies to see before you die. As always, I'm your host, Jacob, and with me are... I'm Kat. And I'm James. And there is no Nick this week, because he's stuffed up. But oh well. Yeah, I was thinking when you said, as always, like, there's a little different to normal to this It's a little week. different this week, but we Nick, you, if you're listening... <laughs> back on this to see what we talk about hello gone too soon rest yeah rest in peace nick so, <laughs> oh god Just nick's not dead everyone it's okay <laughs> and he'll be back next week and if he actually dies i will feel like the worst person ever Love oh yeah but uh james since it's your turn this week why don't you um take it from here sure thing jacob so uh, since last week we didn't do a movie, I'm just going to say right away that to this week we are doing Dead Poets Society. Um, uh, just to get it out of the way early, uh, um, have either of you guys seen it before? I had a very, very long time ago, but yeah. Not not strong memories of it? No. Yeah. What about you, Kat? Um, so my internet just like fully cut out and I heard nothing. <laughs> That's right. I was just asking if you've seen if you'd seen the movie before. Um, no, I hadn't. Um, so this was my first time watching it, and oh my gosh, I am so glad that I've finally seen this movie. Well, that is that that is that is exciting. I'm glad we've got fairly fairly fresh eyes to it. I um, I studied it in high school mm-hmm. for English one year. Really, I don't remember. I think it was either year nine or year ten. I remember, I remember liking it then, but because it, you know, for something that you have to watch, there's always a bit of a, like, you know, you can't truly like it because then your teacher makes you write like seven billion essays. Yeah, on it. yeah, yeah. There's there's but something it, about over analyzing that may ruin something that's good. Mm. E- exactly. I and I remember that especially at the start of this, the the fact that the tradition flag goes up early and there's a close up of it. I remember having to put that in every goddamn essay. Mm. <laughs> but it was very nice to rewatch it without having to analyze it at all to just be able to enjoy it because I really like this movie. It's one uh, probably one of my favorite ones of the ones that we have left on the the list after you know things like Lord of the Rings and Star Wars that are really up there. Yeah. Um, and a and a certain superhero based movie that we will eventually get to. <laughs> I just love it. Like, there's been a couple of times where you've like mentioned doing this when we've talked about what movie we're going to do like the next week, and you've kind of done other ones, and now you've finally got the chance to do it. But I was so tempted to steal it from you a few weeks ago. But I was like, no, I can't do this to James. <laughs> well, I felt like I should. We should still do. I should have done like another old one and I will do another fifties one next week, but I'm just like, I don't want anyone else to be like, Hmm, what's that? I'll just pick that and steal it away from me. So thank you, Jacob, for not uh, doing that. I do appreciate it because I really do care about this movie. And speaking of that, I'm going to get into my report about it. So Dead Poet Society was made, was released in 1989, uh, set in the 1950s. It was directed by Peter Weir who is an Australian director, who I don't know if we have many of on the list, really. Oh, interesting. It's probably this one. Um, who's also done uh, Gallipoli, Picnic and Hanging Rock, and Truman Show. Um, That's a very, like, high-caliber list. Yeah, pretty pretty, pretty well-known director. I don't know if there's that many more, like, more well-known Australian ones. Um, Buddy Baz this- Lerman, mate. Oh, yeah, true. <laughs> Good old Baz. Good old Bazzy. <laughs> what an Australian name. Um, Sorry. So this movie was written by uh, Tom Schulman, who says he wrote it based on his own experiences at uh, Montgomery Bell Academy in Nashville, another an all an all boys prep, preparatory school. Which um, it's funny when they call it a prep school because. I don't know about in America, but in Australia, like that's like before kindergarten. So you go to prep when you're like, like four or five, maybe a little bit different. Yeah. Like our um, pre slash yeah, prep school. Yeah. Like <laughs> you're a toddler. Uh, so it features Robin Williams as John Keating. And I'm very happy that I got to bag both Robin Williams movies on the list. Oh, wait, was there a third one? Um, I don't think no, I think so. there's only I the think two. It's just these two. Yeah. Yeah. Well. 
um, this one and Goodwill Hunting, some of his best work, in my opinion. Um, the only other notable actor is Ethan Hawke as Todd Anderson. Who what about the great? Later in life, would be in Training Day and Boyhood. Mm-hmm. But what about Robert Leonard and Josh Charles? They're both great. Oh yeah, sorry, sorry. Come on, mate. <laughs> and to be fair, also I also forgot about Kurtwood Smith, who um, plays Thomas Perry and is also Red Foreman in that '70s show, one of my favourite TV <laughs> shows. Um, plays a very uh, strict father in both, but. Uh, has a lot more of a comedic side in that compared to a very dry, unlikable side in this. Mm. Um, and we also have Gail Hansen as Charlie Dalton. And I did not write down the actors for Pitts, Meeks or Cameron, but those are the other uh, of the seven main boy characters. James Waterston, um, Alan Rod- Ruggiero and Dylan Cussman. Oh, thank you. So I got got it open. You got your back. I appreciate mate. it. Um, so this film uh, won the Academy Award for Best Screenplay for Tom Schulman. Mm-hmm. Um, it was also nominated for Best Picture, uh, but lost to Driving Miss Daisy. Um, and uh, Peter Weir was nominated for Best Director, and Williams was nominated for Best Actor, but they did not win either. Um, it also won the the BAFTA award for best film, so not a bad showing. It um, was shot on a budget of sixteen point four million dollars and grossed two hundred and thirty five million. It's not that's not too bad. Got to be up there in terms of like fifteen times the the budget. I don't think we have had that many that oh, have no way. made that much more. No, well, I guess like they could keep like, it down because they weren't doing any sort of like. Fancy shots, it's all really. Just, yeah, and it's also exactly. like you're not paying high actor fees. Mm. Yeah. Because they're all teenagers and yeah. Robin Williams. And and Robin Williams. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's probably been like you must like but like can we just appreciate how young Ethan Hawke is he's in this? He's so young. Yeah. He's nineteen <laughs> he's years old baby. at the time of this. <laughs> this like, he's a little baby. What was he in before he's, this even? Like not a lot. Um I did not make any notes of anything he was in beforehand. <laughs> Look, let's just... I'm just scrolling... Oh, my God, he has a long IMDb. Um, oh, why does that... Why are these not in order? That's annoying. right. You, um, while I'll do that. You that keep up, going. Jacob, I'll find I might out. just fill with a couple other production facts. Um so as per everything on this list, I have to talk about who the who the uh, leading the main character might have been before it was Robin Williams. Of course. And this time it was Liam Neeson was originally set to be John Keating. Ah, I could see that. Um, I could, but it would. I feel like it would be bring a very different value to the role. Yeah. Um, but then the director changed and when Weir became director, he did not want Neeson and pursued Williams. There's a couple other names that were, they, they always say they think about these other guys, but I'm not going to read them because like, it's just who they, who, who they might've wanted, but like was never even auditioned or anything. Mm. I, I have, a- um, did you, did you find anything Ethan Hawke was in Jacob? Yes, he was in. A movie called Explorers in 1985. Okay. Which is... A boy obsessed with 50 sci-fi movies about aliens has a recurring dream about a blueprint of some kind which he draws for his inventor friend with help of the third kid. They follow it and build themselves a spaceship. Okay. Cool. And then he was in some short in 1988 called Lion's Den. And then Dead Poet Society in a movie named Dad in 1989. And then the rest is history. Interesting. <laughs> Dad. A lot of things. And then in the next few years, in the early 90s, he's in a lot. Yeah. Get, gets around quite a bit more. Mm. Um, so, uh, Robin Williams said um, what attracted him to the role of John Keating was that he wished he had that kind of teacher in high school. Which, I mean, don't we all, right? Yeah. So, uh, I didn't have bad English teachers, but Mr. Keating would have been 
an improvement, yeah. I would say. Um, in the original skip, in the original script, uh, Mr. Keating dies of leukemia at the end of the Jesus. plot. Jesus, gosh! Which is yeah, a sharp change from getting fired. Um, but uh, Peter Weir wanted to f- wanted to make the focus uh, more of a uh, sorry, want to make the film more focused on the students and less on um, Mr. Keating. Mm. Which I think is is quite fair. Yeah, very, very much a, a darker side. Um, the the all the boys, um, all the younger actors, um, boarded together for the whole of the film shoot. It was also almost entirely shot chronologically. Yeah. Um, and this was done to essentially make them um, give them like a a relationship with each other that, that builded, that hopefully showed as the film went on. Oh, that's cool. Mm. I like that. Because as they get to know each other better, it kind of progresses their school year of them actually getting to know each other better. Mm. Yeah, I think that was the idea. And I, th- I think it comes across to some extent. Mm. Yeah. Um, other notes. The uh, uh, Robin Williams... Uh, the picture of, of Prof- uh, Professor Keating when he was younger is Robin Williams' real high school picture. <laughs> I, I enjoyed that note. Um, Peter Weir attended uh, Scots in Sydney in Australia, um, which uh, there's a note is also some, um, somewhat comparable as a all-boys, somewhat strict uh, school. <laughs> and he said has influ- influenced a lot of how he directed the film. Um, the scene, and we will come back to this, but the, um, the snow, the scene with Todd in the, um, in the running across the snow when they find out about Neil. Yep. Um, had to be done in one take. It was originally meant to be indoors, but there was a very fleeting snowstorm outside. Um, and we wanted to, to make use of it. So they all, they just did that in like the, half an hour or so that it was was going on apparently hmm. there you go i mean there was already some snow built obviously because it couldn't have all come down then i think yeah but uh other notes uh tom shulman the writer of the of the of the screenplay received phone calls from classmates asking if they had been uh, depicted as boys <laughs> in the movie That'd be in the back of your mind, wouldn't it? (laughs) Especially especially imagine like seeing like Cameron, the one that betrays them, like, oh man, Mm. is that me? Am I the dickhead? (laughs) (laughs) Am I just am I am I just the 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 really embarrassing one that go that goes for the girl that's already got a boyfriend? Am I the drunk dumbasses at that party that he went to? (laughs) Was that me? (laughs) Um, Oh no. And that the other notes I have, uh, Robin Williams was apparently very somber between takes as he was, um, I co- this is according to the actor that played Mr. Nolan, the headmaster, mm. um, because he was going through a divorce at the time. So there was not Ooh. a lot of like joking around between the scenes. Yeah. Oh no. Um, however, there's another note saying that um, uh, Williams was very, was very was very like flat and serious in his delivery until until we had told him to loosen up a bit, which is how we got the um the scene of him um impersonating the sh- like the different kinds of Shakespeare like oh yeah that was good oh yeah which I, is I, um yeah noted as a very much like um similar to Robin Williams comedy delivery style yeah yeah um which I think was one of, I was reading some of like the reception of it and some like some people really didn't like that it was too close to robin williams comedy it felt take took away from the character but i really liked it as like a it kind of broke the ice a bit yeah as an early introduction to mr keating and like that's the way he presents yeah um do you want to do you want to run us through a bit of the plot james if you've got no more little facts i'm happy to do that so we start off with uh, Mr. Todd Anderson starting his senior year at Welton Academy, uh, where he re- meets his roommate Neil and his friends 
Mix, Pitts, Cameron, Charlie Dalton, and Knox Overstreet. Mm-hmm. Um, which I, I just love the name Knox Overstreet. Yeah, yeah. such a like pompous like name for like a character <laughs> in a movie. It's just like really very much an all boys school name. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like everyone else has got kind of like normal names, and then there's just that, and it's like, all right, buddy, like. <laughs> Your parents like he ran very... out of things to ran out of ideas and he just like looked up at a street sign and went knocks yeah over street <laughs> i mean <laughs> over, over <laughs> street's well. not like an excessive last name but when you put knocks in front of it mm. like his name was like timothy Overstreet, you're not going to think anything about it because his name's Knox. Do you know what I reckon? Yeah. Oh, so it was written by it, the director was like from Sydney, so I say it's like Knox Grammar, but yeah, yeah, it was written by was someone thinking. else. So I can't say it, like draw that if, if the writer yeah. did that at all. Um, so the boys um soon meet their new teacher John Keating, who uh, encourages them to think differently to and to seize the day as he uh. Oh, um, another note I has was um, the line "Carpe Diem sees the day, boys" is known as like one of in, is in a list of top one hundred famous movie quotes. Mm-hmm. Apparently, um, and Captain, my captain. Yeah, true. Oh, Captain, my captain. What a powerful I am surprised that's not in, not the more famous quote of this mm. movie. Which one of you two has that's... like that bird aggressively in the background? That's mine. Sorry, Sorry. Oh. <laughs> I've got Laurie Keats in the tree outside. Sorry, oh, what is that overseas noise? listeners can hear the birds squawking. They're very pretty. Look them up. They're called lorikeets. Lorikeets <laughs> <laughs> is really annoyingly loud. <laughs> Hopefully you'll forgive the noise when you see that they're very pretty exactly. birds. Yes. They're just living their best life. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, James, go on. That's all right. Um, so Keating, uh, Keating encourages the boys to do this um, and to see the world in a new way including uh, such lessons as ripping the uh, chapters of poetry um, about analysing poetry out of their books, which, like, this movie just really takes me back to high school and, man, that that would be bloody great. Yeah, I wish we could do that. It It is, to be fair, re- reading that out, like, it is the most... Like, I'm, I'm not a man that's passionate about poetry, but that is the most boring standpoint to look at anything artistic I've ever heard. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I love it, like, like, towards the end when the principal's, like, teaching their class and he's, like, turn to this page and he's, like, sir, that page is ripped out. He's, like, borrow someone else's book. He's, like, no, it's ripped out of all of them. And you can see him getting more and more angry and then he, like, slams his copy on the desk and he's, like, read. <laughs> and then when he starts reading it, it's the most, like, boring, like, in this is poetry. Like, what is poetry? Why is poetry... <laughs> I I can imagine like a similar thing of like analyzing movies. This is how you this is how you score how effective a movie was at changing your opinion. And I guess it really highlights like that scene in particular really highlights the differences between the two teachers and the like you can kind of understand why this old man is still teaching the way he's teaching but it's just like ah uh, it's so annoying it's like just let them think for themselves <laughs> yeah yeah it's yeah. very much the old school by the book like shut up listen yeah read what the textbook says regurgitate what the textbook says but it's not even like and if like i mean that way of teaching does work to a degree of like using textbooks and like absorbing what it says but there is no freedom of thought or discussion in that classroom yeah yeah it is just just being taught to to, yeah to to be robots to just regurgitate exactly what has been said by by former academics and like good methods of teaching now are using textbooks and well using resources to provide information that the student is unable to recall and form their own opinion on really yeah but it's all about mm. elaborating and freedom of thought about that mm. and being able to expand upon that knowledge and not just, this is what you need to know. It's like, but what yeah. else? What, you know, it's expanding that information and opening discussion about it rather than 
Why is poetry? <laughs> <laughs> Who is poetry? What is poetry? Yeah, you know. Anyway. Um, my apologies. That's all right. Um, the class so include ripping the chapter out, um, standing on their desks to, uh, to get a different view of the world, which, um, of course, is referenced at the end of the film. Mm-hmm. Um, and they also have a lesson about, um, about walking and setting their own pace. I really liked that. Um, I like how his lessons are quite, like, obviously he could just tell them, but getting them to act out something and then going, oh, this is why this is happening. Or, like, if you do this, you can... Getting them to figure it out yeah, themselves. Yeah, I think that's really effective. Hmm. Um, yeah, it's an, it's just another like another really good comment on effective teaching versus just like regurgitate, say the same thing over and over again until you yeah. have it in your head forever. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, teaching them valuable information about life <laughs> using poetry. So speaking of poetry, uh, the boys uh, find Mister Keating's old. Um, what do you call it? The um, the old yearbook, um, and see that he uh, a quote about the Dead Poets Society, which they ask him about, and uh, soon attempt to recreate, where they let poetry drip from their lips like honey, which <laughs> is is an unsettling quote to me. I know it's meant to be really pretty, but it's always just like mm. I don't know. Maybe I'm just not a fan of honey. <laughs> It'd be very sweet. Sickly, perhaps. <laughs> yeah, they um, but they they go out and meet in a cave, which is um, fun fact is not a cave; it's just one one big plastic set piece. <laughs> Makes sense. <laughs> yeah, that checks out. Yeah, probably the most uh, expensive set in the entire sh- like movie. <laughs> uh, meanwhile, our our fancily named boy knocks over street, uh, meets. Chris, I didn't, I didn't write down her characters last. Chris, um, I think they're it's, Danbury. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that no, her boyfriend's Chet Danbury. That's right. Oh. Um, hold on. But he meets Chris and instantly falls in love. He's just in... completely infatuated straight away. <laughs> I think I'd freak out too if a guy came on to me that fast. Yeah, yeah. Look, I. I, I do not think the way this movie... Like, the fact that they almost have a happy ending together mm. is probably the bit of this movie I like the least. Because mm. she Nox was a um, creepy man. 22 when this came out. What did you say? Sorry, Jacob. She was 22 when this came out. Um, the, the actress that plays Chris? Yep. And okay. she has been in, like... Not many movies. <laughs> okay. Wait, he. Anyway. Did you say? She. Oh, she. I was going to say he was the in The Good Wife. He was great. No. Um, Alexandra Powers, who plays Chris Knoll. Mm. Chris Knoll. Okay. Um, but yeah, he uh, he then, after meeting her and falling instantly in love with her. He then um, is invited to a party with um, at her boyfriend's house <laughs> that he gets very excited about. Which, um, you know the scene where he calls her? Yeah. Yeah. I thought that was like in the middle of the night. And I'm like, because it seemed like they'd just gotten back from their meeting in the middle of the night. I was like, man, she's reacting really well for someone who's just like gotten a call at midnight from this guy that she like just met like <laughs> a few days ago. <laughs> But I mean, it's Knox um, Overstreet, as if you wouldn't be excited if someone by that yeah. name was calling you. I was like, oh my God, Knox Overstreet's on the phone. <laughs> the man gets the man gets by on just the name. Exactly. Yeah. Just walks into a nightclub. Hi, I'm Knox Overstreet. How are you going? He's like, you're not on the list. And he's like, I'm on every list. I'm Knox Overstreet. <laughs> exactly. Like, oh, right this way, sir. My apologies, Mr. Overstreet. Come on in. <laughs> We have a booth waiting for you. <laughs> so, um, yeah, he uh, goes to the party and is obviously very disappointed when Chris uh, ha- has no interest in 
being with him at the party. Uh, he then delivers the most creepy forehead kiss yeah. I've ever seen. Oh, dude, it's so fucked up. Yeah. While she's asleep. Yeah. I lo- So Lockie was watching this with me last night and I just turned to him and like as he was like slowly moving towards her face, I was like, "Is he going to sexually assault her? Because that's not okay." <laughs> yeah, it was just like, and he's just like, he says like some thank you thing to like, he like looks up and he's like, "Thank you," and it's just like, uh, "What are you about to do, buddy?" Yeah. <laughs> that is an unconscious woman on a lounge. Like, there's a lot of people around, and someone sees him straight away. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, like he looks over to see if her boyfriend's watching or not, and he's not, but everyone else is. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah, not a not a great move, Knox. I kind of like beforehand when he was like getting excited about her, even like like talking to him, uh, uh, or like when he was like hyping himself up to call her. I remember, I like that brought back high school memories of like friends like like really hyping themselves out to ask girls out, even though they had no chance. <laughs> But, and I was like, oh, this is relatable. And then I got to this and like, this is no longer relatable. Knox, what are you doing? Please stop this. this you, you, you've crossed a line. You're going too far. <laughs> Please stop. Um, he then, um, uh, when when her, her boyfriend threatens to kill him and this does not deter him, he goes to her high school and reads her poetry. To be fair. If you were the boyfriend, I think that's a justifiable response. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like he's not. He did as not a good act guy, out of line at all in that situation. <laughs> he had a, like a very appropriate response to just punch him square in the face. Yeah. Like I, th- I think that's reasonable. Yeah, and I feel like if you were in the room when he came to the school the next day and was reading her poetry with flowers, you'd probably be justified to do it again. <laughs> Like I feel like the movie tries to set like her like oh you know she's with this bad guy he's so violent yeah. but Knox you're just creepy yeah. like if it was one of my friends or like if it was like in the future my son that was the boyfriend and he's just like oh he's like oh how was the party he's like oh, I punched a dude in the face and I was like why and he told me that was the reason I couldn't be mad no <laughs> like, I'd be like yeah fair enough I'd be did, like did the creep get arrested yeah like I mean. Well done, like, yeah, punching the creep in the face is, yeah, fine. Is Chris pressing sexual assault charges? <laughs> yeah, no, exactly, like, to yeah. play with him. Yeah, yeah, like, what? <laughs> no, going to see a play with him. That's, yeah, like, it makes no sense. No sense whatsoever. <laughs> He's just so infuriating. Infuriating. I really muddled that word, didn't I? <laughs> my brain just like but, um, died for a second <laughs> well coming um coming back from the Knox sub story um subplot uh we have um as the the dead poet society meeting continues uh charlie ends up uh bringing a couple of girls with him um and emboldens himself into uh provoking the school with the uh, uh, by putting a letter in the then an article in their newspaper saying they should uh, encourage girls to to come to the school uh, mm. this ends up being a very very big very big point and the headmaster uh, then um, calls gets the school him into his office meeting. and makes him assume the position oh that that even that okay that I drew a line there that was so fucking weird man yeah. That was so weird. Yeah. When you've got like a 70-year-old man and like a 17-year-old boy and the 70-year-old man says, assume the position and then proceeds to use a giant wooden pad- like paddle to smack him on the ass as a form of discipline. That's not discipline. That's indecent assault on a minor. Yep. That's uh, so fucked. Yep. I um I I originally didn't like I read that I read all the notes about this after watching the movie and I just assumed this was set like it was filmed in the eighties set in the eighties but no set in the fifties which yeah I suppose makes more sense from that I was thinking surely it wasn't only thirty years ago that that kind of thing would have been common well I mean like when did my dad go to go to primary school he would have been like late eighties yeah around the eighties he was still getting caned. Wrap across the yeah. butt, over the knuckles. Hmm. 
So I guess it wasn't that uncommon. It was just, I guess, more jarring to see it happen. Yeah. Sorry about that. Um, <laughs> so we then, uh, but of course, um, Charlie doesn't break and uh, doesn't rat out the other boys. So it continues with, uh, meanwhile, Neil um, finds a love of acting and joins the play, which is, I suppose, the main the main plot compared to the other ones. Mm. I was trying to figure out who um, the main character was in all of this. It's a bit tricky, Because I thought isn't it, it was yeah. Ethan Hawke, but then it was not. <laughs> well, I suppose, yeah, what happens to Todd? It, Todd? Todd just kind of, like, gets more out of his shell as the yeah. as the movie's coming. He, yeah. like, does the poetry and everything. Yeah. yeah. yeah who, he's, would um, you, who would you say the main is? He's Robin Williams, but I feel like um, Neil is, like, the second main character, at least. Oh, 100%. What were you saying, Jacob? I was going to say, like, who would you say is, like, the main point of focus? Neil. It, yeah, I would yeah. say it's Neil. I feel like Ethan Hawke's Poor character Neil. is kind of, like, the in for the audience into that group. Yeah. Because they're already yeah, he's the new kid at school. And yeah. he's quiet and they're kind of encouraging him to come out of his shell. So, mm. yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he's the yeah, new kid of- on the block and... Stuff kind of happens around Todd, and we, you know, we almost see a lot of it from his yeah, yeah, like perspective in a way. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, Neil, uh, Neil gets into the play and doesn't tell his father about it because he knows he would disapprove. And boy, does he disapprove! Um, I. One of the one of the notes I made during the original movie was like Tom Perry, who's his dad, insists he quits even when the play is like the next night. Yeah, yeah. It's it doesn't really make day. sense to me. Like, all, surely all of the things that would distract him from his study, which is assumedly what his dad cares about, is like the rehearsing and whatnot, which he's already done all of. Mm. Yeah, it's like he gets heaps angry about it. But it's like it's the next day, and then it's over. Yeah, like. like I mean, maybe there was a couple of shows, but like, it's it's going to be over. Like, like you've already missed the yeah. the mark on this. I feel man. like he's just being spiteful, really. Yeah, well, he's just a yeah. prick in the whole thing. He, he does seem like a spiteful character. Yeah. Um. So then, as Chris, as Chris and Knox go to the play, and all the boys go with Mr. Keating, uh, Neil performs, and by all accounts, is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um. His dad comes in at the end and pulls him away from um, from Keating and then tells him that he's going to um, going to enroll him in a military school instead and telling him all about how his plans for his son, how he's going to become a doctor and do all these things and has the next, has his whole first 30 years of his life planned out for him. So kind of like in America, like there's always this big threat, like all these movies, all these like boys that are like, probably like 17, 18 years old, they're at the end of their schooling like life and their parents are like, we're going to enroll you in the military college and like, oh, you're going to do this and you're going to do that. If that was in Australia, Australia, like you could just say no. Yeah. <laughs> you could just be like, no, I'm, I'm, I'm not. And like they can't force you to. Yeah, because you're an yeah, adult we... when you're 18. Yeah, like here, even if you're 17 and you're just like, you're going to this military school, like, no, I'm not. And like there's is nothing. It in, is it in America you don't like, like you're not considered an adult until you're 21. I don't know if it's like full know. adult, but like because you can't drink until you're 21. But I think you gain some rights because I think you vote when you're 18. Yeah, yeah. I think I'm pretty sure you can. I always see the joke like you can't you can't be trusted to drink, but you can be trusted to join the military. Yeah, and yeah. Go like die in a foreign foreign war. Yeah. yeah. Our but American listeners, like email in. Tell us what is right, what we're getting right, what we're getting horribly like, wrong. Yeah. Can you just yeah. leave school like here at seventeen? Like, is that an acceptable thing in America? Like, can you just be like, "Adios, bye bye, <laughs> bye, have a great time"? Yeah. Because like, I always um, like those movies. Like, it's like you're on a military school. I'd be like, "No, I'm not." Yeah. <laughs> I'll just get myself expelled within the first two days. Like, fuck that, man. I'm out of there. Yeah. Can you imagine Charlie going to a military school? He'd be gone in like the first two hours. Some bloke would just like. 
like you know the drill sergeant or whatever would just start yelling at me and I'd probably just laugh and I'd be like uh, no they're pretty hardcore though yeah mm. like what are they gonna do like physically assault me dare it's America it's a land of suing people it's uh, very very true let's get off this topic I mean I don't know I'm not- yes <laughs> carry well, on James to move, move on to a much brighter topic uh Neil uh it sees the the only way out of his uh, the control of his life from his father is to commit suicide, and he does, which is the uh, the real dark point of this movie, mm. and it's really sad. It is really really sad. It's the one thing that I thought was done well in that scene is that you know you kind of see him. Like, Neil, like, he gets the gun out. But then it cuts to the dad, like, waking up from the noise. Mm. But without the noise itself. There's never the gunshot noise. Mm. Mm. And, like, it's kind of like the noise. Like, you think he, like, he's about to do it. And then there's just, like, the gasp of the dad, like, waking up to a sudden noise. Mm. And then he's, like, I, uh, like, angriness of, like, he's, like, what was that? And he, like, storms to, like, Neil's room and he's not there. And he storms, like, he can tell he's mad, and then he sees the gun and sees the hand, and it goes from, like, extreme anger to, like, complete distress. Yeah. I I don't know if I'd say it's the one thing from that scene. I I thought, like, as sad of a scene it was, I think it was all very well done. Mm. Um, There's... Like at the start, you feel like he's the the twist is he's going to run away. You know, he's opened the window. He's yeah. gonna, he's got this crown thing that's like symbolizing. Oh, I thought he was just going to walk out into the snow in his underwear and freeze to death. That's what I thought he was going to do. I was like, brah. Yeah. Um, but there is then um, the school then because of the bad uh, the bad publicity of having a student commit suicide. The school ins- immediately looks for a scapegoat and f- and intends to use Professor Keating as that one. Um, they get all the all the boys in separately to sign a document saying Professor Keating, uh, and basically, which all the document really was saying is like he encouraged Neil to 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 act. Oh, oh no! Yeah. To defy his father and his parents. <laughs> Yeah, no, no, no. Look at what. Yeah, I mean that still doesn't doesn't like. I know it's a fifties thing, and like kids were meant to obey their parents more. I suppose, like that was an assumed thing. But surely you would still see that like that's not the reason this 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 young man is killed. Yeah, it's himself. like why did he shoot himself? Oh, because yeah, it's it, I found it such a weird justification of everything. It's like because he defied. I encouraged him to defy his father. Well, what was his father doing? Yeah, yeah. Like, why was I encouraging him to defy him? Why did he then shoot himself because of what happened? Like, guys, guys, we how just is that? Don't question old white males. That's yeah. The gist. <laughs> Sorry, I can't wait to wear old, James. That's that's the real meaning of this film, Cat. Yeah. You've cracked it. Exactly. Just no one will question us when we're don't old. Don't question it. Yeah, it's just, it's just such, yeah, it's so odd. And then all of the students are like, yeah, it was him that encouraged him to do that. It's like, yeah, but how is that a scapegoat for someone shooting themselves in the head? Mm. Mm. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Um, we see um, when when we get all the students signing it and having their and having their meeting in the little closet about it. It's it's very satisfying when <laughs> when um, when Charlie finally punches Cameron after like. I don't know. Is oh. that just me? No, no that was, was a pretty satisfying. satisfying punch in the face. There's two like, satisfying the whole punches movie, in the face. It felt like Cameron film. was just kind of like that other that extra character that was just a bit annoying in the group. And I'm like, yeah. oh yeah, every every social high school group has that. And then it's just so that he can like sell Mister Keating out mm-hmm. and betray and betray them all. Mm-hmm. Um, which leads us into the the most famous scene of the movie where the end, Mr. Keating has been fired and is cleaning out his desk. And as he's about to, about to leave, Todd turns around and and says, you know, they made us, they made us all sign it. And then we have the, the standing on the desks. Oh, captain, my captain. I love like, where he's like, you know, they made us sign it. And Mr. Keating's like, yeah, I know. 
it's okay. Yeah. Like, I'm aware. <laughs> Don't worry about it. Like he, but they like, still and yeah, it almost seems like he he's like it's okay, boys. You don't need to get you know. He he encourages Charlie not to get kicked out of Welton on his behalf as yeah. well. Yeah, it's like boys, like but it's they, not your fault. They like, still have to show yeah that last loyalty. Especially, I really like especially the um like the the kid the guy that like does the cat sat on the mat poem that like yeah take him seriously even he stands mm. up yeah that was like yeah this is a couple like it's there's students outside of like the dead poet society that get up and do it mm. because they just saw how good of a teacher yeah. he was mm. even um i like though that they didn't make every student in the class stand up i think yeah that's, it's kind of like a a realism there that these kind of teachers they 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 inspire a lot of students, but they, not everyone would would stand stand against like the the principal of the school and everything. For yeah, that sort of. Thing. Yeah, exactly. Do you reckon they all got expelled? What did you say, Jacob? Do you reckon they all got expelled? Well, never. Like, because the credits kind of roll, and you never know. Cat is right because we will never know that scene. Uh, touching as is 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 the end scene, which I really I really like that it ends on that. Note. Also, yeah. something we never find out about is if Knox got with the girl. Yes, did he well, did he get the girl by well, being? Well, when they're watching the play, they not. start holding hands. In what did you pl- say? Sorry, Jacob. When they're watching the play, they started holding hands. Mm. Yeah. So I sort of assumed that that was like she's like I'm with you now, Mister Rapey Man. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I took that as like the approval too, which was disappointing. Yeah. Like, I I really like this film. I like a lot of the subplots, but the Knox one is is not one I enjoy. Yeah, no. But yeah, that um, that brings uh, my report to a close. Good job. Well, <laughs> thank, thank you. you, James. Thank you for that very informative piece of information. <laughs> um. I suppose there's this one big question that I have to ask you. Oh, yeah. What would that be? Kat, would you watch it again? Yes. <laughs> James, <laughs> would you, you watch it again? Do you want to elaborate Kat? <laughs> no, just flat out, um, I would watch it again. That, that's a fair response. Um, Jacob, yes, I would watch this movie again. It's it's really good. It makes me feel good. I like that it has, a, even though it's a sad tone, it has a very, like, um predominantly happy ending mm. um yes 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 i love I, I just love the whole vibe i'm so glad you yeah. picked the, it the, this week james yeah jacob would you watch it again hell yeah <laughs> excellent <laughs> it's uh, yeah it's, it's it is a really good movie it touches on some really like strong coming of age top like themes you know, it highlights a lot of difficulties that teenagers, especially teenage boys, face. I also like in these sorts of schools, and like the pressure that they're put on from their parents and teachers. Mm. I um, and yeah, I think definitely. What? I just want to interject. I liked that. That's fine. None of the boys looked like they shouldn't be in high school. Like they all looked yeah. seventeen, eighteen. They all looked years age. Old. Yeah, because yeah. most of them were like nineteen, twenty. Yeah. In real life, like the actors, yeah. So it was like it they looked. Sense. They were yeah. Everyone was age appropriate. Yeah. I, I I agree with that. There's so many movies where it's like this is a high school student, but he's like got like stubble and like ridiculously handsome, and like this man is 25. Come yeah. on, it's like this man has a chiseled jaw, facial hair, and he's fucking shredded. <laughs> he could pass as like 30 if he was in another movie. But he's just a normal old high school student. It's like, he's 17 in this, and the next movie that the actor's in, he has a kid in primary school. <laughs> and then they came yeah, up. The, the yeah. casting was very good. Yeah, no, it's great. Yeah. Uh, did you have any, any more to add, Jacob? Um, no, it's just it's bloody good movie. Bloody good shit. <laughs> yeah, so um, next... Oh, actually, before we move on... Um... Do you have another email? I do. <gasps> but Everyone from the same per- same person. Oh. Ah, okay. Did you reply but, to um, that? No, so well, my reply was what I said on last week's episode. Right. So then she sent another email in reply to that. Mm. <laughs> so she's um 
Laura has said, thank you very much for the shout out. Um, and thank you for adding the three to four months spoiler buffer. <laughs> and she's also said, the, also the energy in the podcast, in that podcast was astronomical between the four of you. Keep doing what you're doing. Oh, <laughs> thanks, Laura. So, thank thank, you. thank you again. For, and here's another shout out for you, Laura. <laughs> We're just going to keep shouting well, you, you out if you keep sending us emails. Yeah, if you keep sending us emails, <laughs> I'm going to keep reading them out. Like, it's that easy. <laughs> and that's just a hint to any other listener that wants to send an email. I'll, I'll read it out. <laughs> I have no objections to this. Say whatever you want. I will say it out loud. I mean, not not anything. Maybe no. you should not make that claim, Jacob. No, no, I'll read it. <laughs> I will make that claim right. right now. I will read it. I if might put in, like, quotation week, marks not- of this is what they've said. If next week we don't show up on on uh, on iTunes <laughs> on or Spotify, iTunes. you'll know, you'll know someone said something very very unacceptable. <laughs> um, so I guess we could move on to um, what we've been watching and what we're excited for. James, would you like to kick it off since it's your week? Sure. Um, what have I been watching recently? Um, I watched Equals the other day, which is a couple years old Netflix movie with. Um, Kristen Stewart and oh, what's the guy's name? Oh, Nicholas yeah. Holt. Yeah. What's that um, about? Apparently received really bad reviews, um, but I quite enjoyed it. I think it's like very much my type of movie. I like, I, for for starters, I really like a lot of dystopian movies. Like V for Vendetta is one of my favorites mm-hmm. of all time. Um, and I'm a big fan of like like quite like simple plots. Um, like I don't I don't mind mind complex things things either, but where there's just simple and just trying to elaborate on a core idea or two. And I think it I think it does it quite well. It's very it's a very sweet movie. It's got a fair like a ambiguous but somewhat happy ending, which is somewhat comparable to Dead Poets, even though they're very different movies. Um yeah, I liked it. And uh not a movie, but I'm looking forward to in I think in two weeks or so, Nothing But Thieves' new album, Moral Panic, is coming out, and I'm very excited about that. I like their last two, and I hope it's going to be good. And that's about all for me. Fair enough. Um, Kat? Well, um, Harley Quinn came out on Netflix the other day, so I watched that. How was it? It was terrible. Wait, is that the, 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 the Birds of Prey, like the movie? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's pretty shit. Um, I can't give any spoilers because it hasn't been three months or whatever it is. But I mean, hasn't it been three months since the original one? Yeah, oh, since it like, it? yeah, since it came out, came out. It's been. Well, I, mean, I suppose it's out on Netflix now, but I'm not you, you make last year. I, I don't know. I yeah. just like I felt like nothing happened for the whole movie. Yeah, and it's terrible. Just the fight scenes were cool. Like were cool. They were choreographed well, but like other than that, I was just like, yeah, like. Anyway, um, and then today, like just before we did this podcast, Lockie and I watched The Room, um, which is like... <laughs> just excellent. Just so good, but also like... <laughs> so bad? Like, I don't even know what was happening half the time. <laughs> it was so good though. So bad, but so good. I need, I really want to watch The Room at some and point. And so I think we'll watch The Disaster Artist at some point. Yeah, good. Yeah. good and good. then tonight I'm gonna go watch Tenet, so that should be fun. First Whee! time in the movies for like pretty much all year. Ages. Yeah. So that'll be good. Thanks, COVID. <laughs> um, is that everything for you, Kat? Yeah, that's everything. What have well, you been watching and looking forward to, Jacob? Last night I had a um, mad movie double feature night with myself. <laughs> so with yourself. I watched. I rate uh, it. I rate it. <laughs> Dead Poets yeah, well, was the second that. one I watched because I wanted it to be fresh in my brain for today. Mm-hmm. But before that, I watched Just Mercy. Oh, is that from good? Last year, it was amazing. Like, hi- so it's on Netflix now. Highly recommend everyone should watch Just Mercy. It so it's set in like the late eighties, early nineties, mm-hmm. and it just highlights the racial prejudice in like the southern states of America against black people. And it like mm. it's a complete it's a complete true story. 
and based on the book written by the guy that is the main like character of the film. Oh, okay. Who's played okay. by Michael B. Jordan. And like it's a really good movie, but holy f- like it's so sad. Mm. Like it's a heavy like it has a really happy ending, but it's a heavy movie to go through. Like it just highlights this the racial prejudice that black people in Alabama were facing, you know, thirty years ago. And probably are still facing. Yeah, and probably still today. Yeah. And just like this the like systematic racism is highlighted in their judicial system. And it's like, honestly, I recommend that everybody should watch that movie. If you have not seen Just Mercy, it is on Netflix. Go and watch it as soon as you can. Yeah. We'll be I'll watching it on that my list. this week. Yeah, like, yeah, like, seriously, let's just, just watch it and then, yeah, it's fantastic. Thanks for Yeah, so that's that's pretty much it. Yeah. I might, might, Kat and I might talk about it next week. Yeah. Maybe, maybe even with Nick. <gasps> Oh my god! Hey Nick, if, if you're listening, back on the watch Just Mercy. <laughs> yeah, if we allow him back, he's he <laughs> he's under he's probation. On probation now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Don't, All right. Well, for that's um. Oh, sorry. You go. No, no. You go. You go. I was going to wrap it up so you can say what you're going to say. I was just going to say, don't try and make important plans when you're drinking. Or on a wine tour, Nicholas. which both Nick and I have learnt <laughs> in recent weeks. <laughs> <laughs> Don't podcast and drink. <laughs> All right. Well, if that is everything, then I can guess I can say, um, if you want to send us an email, like Laura has, and I will read it out. Just it's uh, watch it again pod at gmail.com. The link is in the episode description below. Otherwise, you could give us a like on Facebook and Instagram at Watch It Again Podcast. Um, leave a review on iTunes or whatever podcast app you are listening to us on. Five stars preferably. But, you know, if you don't like us, you don't like us. There's not much I can do about that. Send me an angry email and I'll read it out for you. Um, <laughs> otherwise, yeah. Thank you so much for listening. And as always, I am your host, Jacob. And with me are... I'm Kat. And I'm James. And we will catch you guys next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.